on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. It'll be staked out in Kansas City coming up beginning on Thursday as well, a part of the NFL Network coverage of the 2023 NFL Draft, which should be absolutely spectacular. Once again, Thursday at 8 o'clock is when it's underway. And NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah is kind enough to join us now on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Daniel, things are getting down the stretch run here for number four overall. How are you doing as far as the draft and all this consumption of information is concerned? <laughs> I was uh, I was in between interviews, been knocking out a bunch of these, and uh, I thought, you know what? Let me uh, let me jump on Twitter. I'm a big Padre fan. Let's see, is you Darvish's hamstring going to be okay? <laughs> and as soon as I jumped on there, I saw that the Aaron Rodgers trade. Yeah. So I'm like, this is. Uh, this is going to be a wild ride. Yeah, you know what? I'm glad you started there, too, because we'll jump into the whole Colts situation in a second. But everybody thought that that was going to have to get done before the draft, so logically it did, and there you go, right? Finally, right? I mean, finally we kind of know, and I, I see everybody's kind of freaking out about what the compensation was, and I feel like this shouldn't be that much of a surprise. I mean, I, I thought it would be a two this year and uh, a conditional pick next year. In other words, he, he plays well or plays a lot, and then maybe they get a one out of the deal. So basically be a one and a two. And then, you know, it felt like, okay, that's where the, it was, and we just couldn't get it finalized. So we always call it in, in personnel, we call it like you put a little sweetener in there. Okay, well, you, look, you pick, you pick 15, we pick 13. Here you go. You can have 13, we'll take 15, and you give us back a fifth, we'll give you a six. Like that's – that's really a bunch of a big pile of nothing. Um, so it really was a, a two this year and a conditional two next year that could turn into a one if he if he plays. Was that a solid haul for the Packers in your estimation? I think it was what they needed to get. I think they achieved what they needed to achieve. You know, I, I think if you're if you're looking at it from a Jets standpoint, it's a it's somewhat of a fatalistic fan base. So I think the thought is, oh my gosh, we traded. You know, we could end up trading next year's one. And that's going to be a top two pick, and we're going to miss out on Caleb Williams or Drake May. And what are we doing? Well, look, if if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps, I think that roster is good enough where I, I can't envision them, uh, you know, giving away a top five pick. I imagine they got a chance to be a playoff team. At Move the Sticks, Daniel Jeremiah on Twitter is with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. You mentioned a fatalistic fan base in New York. You know, it's, <laughs> it's weird around here because that's kind of the direction in which the Colts fan base is going because there's been a, a lot of losing and then this past season uh, a lot of discombobulation going on. They're trying to reset themselves in particular at the quarterback position. Is this the draft in your estimation for Chris Ballard and company to do just that? I almost think they have to, you know, like you're picking all the way up there that there's, you know, there's reason to believe they won't be up this high again. They have some good pieces in place on this team. They weren't healthy last year. It's hard to imagine them picking right back up here again next year. So I, I think if there's a quarterback you like, you take him. If you're sitting there waiting for the perfect prospect, you're never going to take one. And they've been on this veteran carousel for so dang long. Like it's time, it's time to stop dating and it's time to get married. Yeah. So, all right, I'm going to give you a situation. This goes back when you're in a bad season, a four win, one tie season, as we went through this past year, you get start talking about the draft during the season. And and that's kind of odd around here. So I, I get 
some info that they liked Will Levis during the college football season, during their season a year ago, and it's been weird. I haven't heard anything differently. I'm not assuming here at all that I'm accurate about it, but where do you look at Levis compared to the other possibilities that loom for the Colts Thursday night at number four? Well, I, you know, I think there's obviously the rumors are out there that somehow Stroud might get there, and I think that would make the decision, you know, pretty interesting. Um, you know, I think that it's been assumed, okay, Bryce Young's gone, Stroud's gone. It doesn't seem like there's a real appetite for people to get up to three, and we really haven't seen in, in terms of draft day trades, we just haven't seen many teams travel the distance that a team like Tennessee would have to travel. Usually if those trades are done, they're done at way ahead of time. Um, and, and allow for a lot of planning to take place. So I think you have to go back to to 14. The last time a team picking, you know, at 10 or around 10 to come all the way up inside the top three, um, it just doesn't happen. So I think I think they're going to be stuck there at three, which means, you know, if you're the Colts, if you assumed that that Stroud was going to be gone, you were going to be real comfortable with Will Levis. And now it's like, well, hey, maybe there's only one quarterback off the board and they're having to make the choice between Stroud and Levis. And that's where, to me, it gets a little more interesting. Well, I like I like Stroud a great deal. There's no doubt about that. But I'll be honest with you, and I've been honest with the audience, a lot of that came with that national semifinal performance against Georgia. I mean, it did. I thought mm-hmm. in that game, Daniel, that he looked like the quarterback that this Colts team has needed through all the Band-Aids of the past three years, right? The post-luck scenario, what they needed here how much of what we saw in that thumbnail sketch is what you believe him to be at the next level well i believe if you can do it once we know you can do it and the question with him was never can he make this throw or that throw he can do it he's an excellent thrower the question was just some of the playmaking stuff and so if you've shown that you can do that i know that you've got that club in your bag and we've got to continue to you know continue to, to get you to do more of it now at ohio state you don't get as many opportunities because you just flat out aren't going to have a lot of pressure, uh, you know, to be able to show that aspect of your game off. So I thought it was key. Uh, you go back and watch him the year before in the Rose Bowl against Utah, and Utah had a pretty good group there with a lot of players that are going to be drafted and have been drafted. Uh, he carved them up like a turkey. So uh, he, he's, to me, he's a really talented player. I think he's clearly the second quarterback in this class. Uh, and if I were Indianapolis and he, he got there as, as, you know, as a choice between him and Will Levis, Will Levis would intrigue me, but I think I would feel a little more comfortable with C.J. Stroud. Why is Levis intriguing to you? Just the, the, the size, the arm strength, the, the athleticism when he's healthy. You know, I think that toe was a big issue this year. Um, just couldn't move around as much. But he just gives you more overall physicality, more, you know, just kind of horsepower as a thrower. Like, he's got – he has some of those elite traits in terms of the arm strength. And then, you know, when he gets going, he gets moving. He's a really good runner. So um, those are the things that are intriguing with him. But he doesn't have great pocket presence. He's a little bit beat up. Um, and I think at times he can get a little too aggressive, you know, with his with his style of play, both as a thrower and a runner. So those are the red flags. Against, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, the NFL Network, the NFL Network coverage, uh, 8 o'clock for the first round of the draft. And NFL Network live from Kansas City coming up on Thursday. Daniel Jeremiah again joins us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. The way that I look at this, let's just say hypothetically here, which is going to happen, not even hypothetically, but Bryce Young's off the board. And you look at 
at Stroud with that that opportunity. You look at Levis and what and how you just described him. Where does Anthony Richardson in his 13-game starts uh, for the Florida Gators enter in as far as, man, that is intriguing, but according to you. He's a fun fit there for me. Um, so I actually have him as my third quarterback, just a, you know, a spot or two ahead of Levis. So, you know, I, I've been kind of advocating for that fit with, with Indy because I just think it would be so dang fun, you know, to watch him in the backfield with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, pick your poison on that one. You want to run zone read who you want to, who you want to attack if you're the defensive end. That would be a lot of fun. It just, I've heard no buzz out of there on him. Zero. And maybe that's maybe they've just been coy, and maybe they've held their cards incredibly close to the vest, and that's going to be the you know the surprise pick as they end up do taking Richardson. But I think it's a fun fit. I think Gardner Minshew allows you to be a little bit patient with him. You know, I think he needs to play. He's only had 13 starts. I don't think you want to sit him for a whole year, um, but I think it would be nice. You know, four games, five games, let him kind of ease into it, and then off you go. Um, so I like the fit there, but uh, again, you just hear no chatter about him there. I would agree with you on that as well. Now, part of it, I think they, they have a locked up inner circle right here to a point where I kind of questions around here whether or not they're telling you know Jim everything, to be honest with you, Daniel, yeah. uh, because of <laughs> the social media presence alone there. But anyway, yeah, nothing's been coming out of there. But with Richardson, and you brought up just how long it might take for him to evolve into that starter. What is that length of time, in your opinion, it would take for him to to be able to get Menchu out of there and get those reps as a starting NFL quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's a few games. I think you're talking about a handful of games. Uh, let him see it. Let him see it from the sideline. Uh, let's get him really, really comfortable with how you're going to use him and how you're going to operate with him. Let him watch just a little bit. But then, you know, he's got to get out there. He's got to get out there. He's got to get experience. He's got to get reps. I think you can lean on his legs a lot more early on. You know, he's he's got a rare body now to be able to take some punishment. So I, I think you're going to play him a lot different year one than you will year three. But I think because of his athleticism, it allows you to get him on the field. Well, he says all the right things. There's no doubt about that. And he's he's getting covered beyond really anybody else out there as far as what people could think. I don't normally get taken by the pro day, but I will say this. Going back a month ago, that, that pro day was yeah. incredible. When you look at the raw athletic ability that he has, that was incredible. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the combine. I haven't seen a show like that from a quarterback. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. But, you know, the interesting thing is some – some buddies in the league, when we start getting a little, uh, a little too, too much hyperbole, they're like, "Hey, you know, Fields ran four, four, five in his pro day. You act like you've never seen a." Qu-. I'm like, "Okay, okay, <laughs> it's back off. We're just enjoying what we're seeing here. He did a nice job." When you supposedly have so many quarterbacks uh, with need out there that are so close together, as far as this this part of the draft is concerned, how much do you think the whole leadership quality, the one on one personal time these teams get with these quarterbacks? The coachability, which certainly was something that had been questioned last week regarding C.J. Stroud. And again, Daniel, I know all this crap comes out this time of year. This is really normalcy. But how much of that would play a role considering where these quarterbacks are so tightly wound with one another at the top of this draft? Well, I mean, I wouldn't. You know, I, I wouldn't want to turn in the card on a on a quarterback that I wasn't comfortable with from a work ethic and tangible standpoint. It's just too hard. So if you aren't dialed in in that area, I can see how that could be a, a tough one for you. So, um, you know, I haven't got 
on, you know, in regards to CJ Stroud, I've talked to folks at Ohio State, I've talked to different teams that have that have met with him. I've yet to hear a smoking gun of, you know, oh man, we can't take him because of this. Uh, you know, so in terms of their their conversations with him or their impressions of him or what they've heard. So, um, I, I've, I'm curious to see how this whole thing shakes out. Um, I know there's talk of him maybe dropping down the board a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of in the mode of I'll believe it when I see it. Well, maybe we see it, you know, coming in pick number two. Do you think it's reasonable to believe that Houston, with their obvious quarterback needs, will go ahead and delay that another year? People would lose it around here because it seems like that they've been kind of punting and band-aiding things for the past three years here, certainly. But is that reasonable to believe that they're going to bypass on a quarterback because they don't like anybody but Bryce Young? I don't see their – 2023 starting quarterback on their current roster. So I would be shocked if they leave the first round with those two first round picks, two picks in the top 12, and they don't come away with a quarterback and they're just going to run it back with the group that they have with Davis Mills and Case Keenum, EJ Perry, I would be shocked. That's all the rage. We'll find out early, I guess, coming up on Thursday. You'll be yeah. there front and center with the NFL Network in Kansas City. What are your thoughts on Hendon Hooker coming off that injury and really yeah. put up great numbers, but all that kind of went under the cloud of that injury he's coming back from a year ago? Yeah, I mean, really, there were kind of three questions with him. It was the age, it was the injury, and it was the offense. So, you know, you, you've got to get comfortable with all three. Now, I've been told – you know, going through the medical stuff, he came out well. Um, teams were comfortable that he'll be back and rocking and rolling by September, you know, full speed. So that that was encouraging. I've been told with the offense he came out of, and, you know, they spread you. It's that old Baylor offense that when they've met with him, they've come away incredibly impressed with him and, uh, and just his overall football knowledge. They think he'll be able to make an adjustment in time. And the age is what it is. You know, you, you, you can't do anything about that. Um, but I think he is – I think he's likely to hear his name called at some point in time in the first round. There's just too many teams. You you mentioned it earlier. There's too many teams that need quarterbacks. And the whole philosophy of we'll just get one next year, I mean – that might be somebody else making that pick at that time. Hey, Daniel, we're on the carousel here because each and every year at this time, I talk about how they're in need of a wide receiver. And, of course, a year ago with Alec Pierce, they certainly addressed that. How yeah. does how does this crop of wide receivers in this draft compare to the one that we saw a year ago that including Alec Pierce as a rookie here with the Colts? I don't think it's as good. Um, I, I think there's some depth. I think there's some real depth. I think there's some solid guys. But last year it was – it was stacked at the top, and I thought there were, you know, potential, you know, some star quality players even outside the first clump. This year, I feel like there's starters, more starters than stars, if that makes any sense. I think there's a lot of number twos and number threes, chance to be solid players, but, you know, I don't see a lot of uh, thousand yard receivers in this class. If you're going in Thursday, beginning Thursday, and you're looking at the overall depth of this draft, positionally speaking, what's at the top of your list? Well, to me, I think you look at, at offense and defense. So offensively, it feels to me, you look at the tight end position, it's the best group I've seen in a decade. It's really, really good. Um, the running back position has got a lot of depth as well. So those would be the two positions offensively. Defensively, it's corner and edge rusher. Uh, edge rusher probably being the top for me of all of them. Uh, there is a There are a lot of, of talented edge rushers in this class. Again, not the premier guy at the very top, Will Anderson's my top guy. He's a good player, but he is not Von Miller. He's not Miles Garrett. He's not Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa. So 
um, to me, it's strength in numbers with those edge rushers. What's most intriguing after the whole drama uh, and this mystery, I guess, at the top of this draft with quarterbacks, once that's done, what's most intriguing about the remainder of this draft to you? Well, I think there's a couple things. I mean, B. John Robinson to me, um, you know, where he goes, he's my number three overall player. And it's the, you know, it's the debate we have every year with running backs, but uh, he's a pretty special talent. So that one is, is interesting to me. And then honestly, the, the the most intriguing thing to me about this draft might, might just be, you know, the veterans that are out there last year. If you asked us before the draft, AJ Brown going to get traded during the draft? No clue out of left field. How about Marquise Hollywood Brown getting traded? Nope. All that stuff happened within like an hour period uh, in the middle of the first round. So I'm just, I'm curious now we've got so many younger GMs and they do things a little differently and they're aggressive. So maybe there's some veteran movement that we have no clues coming and that'll really spice this thing up. Yeah. I I think we, we certainly noticed when AJ Brown was traded live during the draft when Mike Vrabel got really wanted to vomit on TV like that. You kind of knew <laughs> exactly yeah. where that, that thing was, was certainly going. It's Daniel Jeremiah with the NFL Network coverage beginning on Thursday from Kansas City. Kind enough to join us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Before I let you go, you mentioned wide receiver, you mentioned cornerback, you mentioned edge rusher for the Colts in round two and round three. That's 35 and 79. If you're looking for a corner, maybe even an edge rusher, rusher in that neighborhood there any names you have in mind with availability at those picks well you know we'll see when emmanuel forbes comes off the board the corner from mississippi state who's notoriously light he was 166 pounds at the combine uh was 170 as <laughs> pro day but he, he he might be the most talented corner in the whole draft uh that's about the range he's going to go start looking at keely ringo and, and tyreek stevenson could be names in that in that range as well and then edge rusher wise you know, Will, Will McDonald is a really good one from Iowa State who's a little undersized, and I think Keon White is probably going to be in that range as well. Is Will Anderson, is he the best talent in this draft beyond any position? He's number, I had him number two. Yeah. So I had Bryce Young number one, and I had Will Anderson, his teammate, number two. So I, I think he's the best defensive player. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to be a real solid, solid guy. I don't think he's at, you know, the level of some of those premier, premier edge rushers we've had in some of these previous years. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. I'm sure you guys will have a, a hard target on Indy as well at number four to see what happens. And again, Daniel Jeremiah, along with his colleagues at the NFL Network, got you covered. I believe that's at 8 o'clock coming up on Thursday, the 2023 NFL Draft, live from Kansas City. Now, you got to take this big, like, book with you or stuff – or is this all on computer? Do you do it old school way, or are you new school here? I, I've, I've had to be new school. So I, <laughs> over you know, a few years back, I, I dump it all in Excel spreadsheets, and I've got it all sorted every way you could possibly sort it with all my nuggets and notes in there. And um, it's the only way to do it because I, I figured that out the hard way the first year doing the media stuff, and it was like I don't want to be summoned through a book trying to find my notes when a trade happens. That's not, <laughs> it's not a good place to be in live television. No, 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 no. Now, when this is all over, when, when you go on vacation for like two months, I, you know what, the kids have to finish school, so I've got a couple yeah. still in high school. So I'm like, yeah. you know, trying to tell my wife I'm taking a break and going to Hawaii while she stays home with the kids. That doesn't that doesn't go over well. You don't think so she'd go for that? You don't think she'd yeah, go for I that? I think that might not be popular if it's in my house. <laughs> Hey, I appreciate you jumping on here as well, and we'll see what the Colts do. And, and, and by the way, I don't know if I ask you this before I let you go. Do you have a yeah. number four for the Colts as we sit here right now? Did you say that you thought that that was going to be Richardson, or are you pulling for Richardson? Uh, 
I, I would love to see Richardson. I think it's going to be Levis. Yeah. You and me both. You and me both. Daniel Jeremiah, the NFL Network. You can follow him on Twitter. And, of course, from Kansas City, he's got you covered along with the NFL Network beginning at 8 o'clock. Round number one on Thursday on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Daniel, I appreciate that. And here's once you're done and the kids are out of school, you get started on one hell of a Hawaiian vacation right there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already thinking about it. Trust me. I appreciate it. Yep. Right back at you, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.